It was late November, and for a week solid, the rain hadn't let up. My son and I had moved out of our old apartment back before school started, but I had left it until now to clear the last of our belongings out of the storage area I'd been renting. With two days left before the end of the month, I decided not to wait any longer for dry weather. Worse things could happen to a person than getting a few boxes wet, as I well knew. The fact that we had finally left this town was good news. Not long before, I'd finally paid off the last of my debt to the lawyer who'd represented me in my custody trial more than a dozen years earlier. Now Oliver and I were living in a bigger apartment, closer to my new job in Oakland, a place where my son could finally have a little space with a work studio for me, too. After a long, hard stretch, the future looked hopeful. Money being in short supply, as usual, and with Ollie off at his father's for the weekend, I was taking care of this last run over to Goodwill with a bunch of things we didn't need anymore. Just about everything was soaked through, and so was I. I had pulled up to a four-way stop, waiting for my turn. All I wanted at that moment was to get out of town, knowing that once I did, I would never go back. Almost ten years had gone by since the last time I'd laid eyes on Ava Haviland. And then, that day, I did. There's this phenomenon I've noticed in the past, the way that, in a vast landscape containing so much visual information, seemingly of no significance, your eyes will be drawn to one small, odd thing among all the thousands of others, the thing that calls to you, and suddenly, out of everything else your eyes are taking in and disregarding, they'll focus on this one spot, or something doesn't make sense, or maybe it spells danger, or it just reminds you of a time and place different from this one. And you can't look away. It's the thing you don't expect, that fragment in the landscape out of keeping with the rest. To another pair of eyes, it might mean nothing. I remember a day I'd taken Oliver to a ball game, one of those endless attempts to construct a happy, normal time with my son, within the unnatural confines of a too-rare six-hour visitation. Halfway up the rows of bleachers, in a totally different section of the ballpark, in among the thousands of other fans, I'd spotted a man from my Tuesday night AA meeting, holding a beer and laughing in a way that made me know it wasn't his first. A feeling of sadness had come over me, terror, actually, because just the week before we had celebrated his three-year sobriety, and if he could slip this way, what did that say about me? I had looked away that time, turned to my son instead, made some comment about the pitcher, the kind of observation that a person who knew more about the game might say to her son at a moment like this, a moment when a mother wanted to share the experience of a ball game with her boy and forget about everything else. This would be the kind of mother whose child never had to see her hiding wine bottles under the cereal boxes at the bottom of the recycle bin or led into the back seat of a police car in handcuffs. The kind of mother who got to see her child every night, not just for six hours, two Saturdays a month. For years, all I wanted was to be that kind of mother. This was a long time back. I hadn't even met the Havilands yet. I hadn't met Elliot who, when I did, would have given anything to bring my son and me to a ball game and be part of our small, struggling family. A lot of things hadn't happened yet back in those days. Now here I was at the wheel of my old Honda Civic, 
idling at that intersection in an unglamorous part of San Mateo, where planes flew so low, taking off from the airport or coming in for a landing, that you sometimes got the feeling they'd skim off the top of your car. A black car pulled up alongside mine. Not a police car, but it looked like some official vehicle, not a limousine. But it wasn't the man in front whose face caught my attention. It was the passenger in the back seat. She was looking out the window through the rain, and for a moment, her eyes caught mine. In the few seconds before the black car pulled away from the intersection, I recognized her. And in the odd way the mind works, instinct not yet having caught up with experience, my first impulse was to cry out as a person would who'd spotted a long-lost friend. For a second there, this great wave of pure, uncomplicated happiness started to wash over me. It was Ava. Then I remembered, Ava wasn't my friend anymore. After all that time, it was still an odd sensation, seeing her and not calling out, not even raising my hand to wave. 